Hello and welcome to Bird of the Week. It's a podcast about birds, released on a non-weekly basis. Episode 22, Magpies and Murder Birds, Change My Mind. Well, hello and welcome to another special episode all about the Australian magpie. Now, if you live in Australia, you know who this bird is and you will have an opinion on them. And this is because they are everywhere. They are a bird that does really well in suburban settings and they are distinctive. They're a little bit smaller than a raven. They have black and white coloring and they spend a lot of their time hanging about on the ground, poking at lawn and whatnot, and they have a really melodious, unmistakable song or warble. Most people love them, but there is a non-trivial proportion of the population who loathe them. And the reason some people hate them is because magpies can be swoopy boys. Now, we will come to all of that. But this episode is special because, once again, I am being joined by a guest. It's our good friend from before, Mr. Bradley Jones, who I have been led to understand is not a fan of the magpie. Today, we're going to have a discussion and see if we can't unpack this most famous of birds a little better and learn something new about them. So, let's not beat about the bush. Let's dive straight in as I hand you over to Nathan from the past. Take it away. Thank you, Nathan from the future. And Brad, welcome back. It's good to see you again. How are you? Hi, thanks for having me. I'm well, thank you, Nathan from the future or past or present. I'm not sure. Which Nathan am I talking to? You're talking to Nathan from the present. The present, Nathan. Ah, the good one. The most current of all the Nathans. <laughs> um, I think uh, should we first address the elephant in the room or rather the absence thereof as we're, we're one guest down today because Abigail has mm. abandoned us. Mm, the trio is now a duo. I know. I don't, I, don't, I don't know if Abby's dead to you, but she's certainly dead to me. <laughs> Listeners of the podcast will remember that Abby was a devoted pigeon hater, and she has abandoned us, apparently because, you know, she had a career or, or something in the Philippines. So, you know. How dare she? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's outrageous. Doesn't she know that she's a sometimes guest on this sometimes podcast? <laughs> Her priorities are not on point, and... I'm really disappointed, but Abby, if you're listening to this, there are excellent birds in the Philippines. You know, there's a really cool pigeon called the Luzon Bleeding Heart, and I think you should track it down and take a photo for me. I've already seen one in, we have one in Canberra, in a bird aviary, but I want to see one from its home. In the wild? Yes. It lives on the the island of Luzon. Oh, no, that's a great assignment. Abigail, we wish you well. I I assume you're listening to this, Abigail, because I'm sure you've got nothing better to do. Uh, Now... I suppose we should get to the point of why we're here. And it's Brad, I understand that you and magpies don't see eye to eye. Yeah, that's right. Abigail may be gone with her pigeon hate, but I bring the hate for the magpies. Gosh, that's concerning because um, maybe we should do the same thing that we did last time, Brad. Like on a scale of one out of 10, how do you rate a magpie? I give them about a two. That's pretty low. Yeah, that's quite low. That's pretty low. That's... Yeah. Gosh, that... I mean, that distresses me. I mean, what, what would I rate a magpie? I reckon they're a solid, I think they're a solid, they're like a, a 7.5 bird. A 7.5? I think they're a 7.5 bird. They're not, they're not amazing, but they're pretty cool. They're like, they're a good bird. They're a good, 
bird. They're just not a, a standout, oh my god, that bird's amazing, but they're, they're a good bird. Yeah, okay. So I can see the magpie's potential, but right. I feel that the magpie doesn't treat me that well. <laughs> and in the relationship I have with the magpie, I need to separate myself, distance myself from it. Oh, do you feel like it's an abusive relationship? It is. It is. <laughs> but maybe before we get too deep into the details, we should just describe what a magpie looks like. Brad, do you think you can describe a magpie? I can give it a shot there, Nathan. Please. Um, look, they are a similar shape and build to a crow. Yeah. So picture a crow. Maybe, would you say they're a little smaller than a crow? Not as butch. Yeah, like a, a proper full-on raven. They're they're mm. like a I'd say they're twenty percent smaller, probably something like that. Yep. Okay. So have that in your head, and then splash a bit of white paint over its wings. Mm-hmm. Just not a full white, just some streaks here and there, mm. and around its beak as well. Yeah, because it's kind of got a white beak but with a black tip right on the, the tip of its beak is black and the rest of its beak is white. Mm. And then they've kind of got the back of their neck. They've kind of got like a white hood. White. Yeah. They've got, they've got a black face, but a white hood. And then on their wings, um, they're kind of like wing coverlets. They're, they're kind of white, got white little patches there. I think they've got, they've got quite, they've got like a sharp pointy beak. They've got black legs, kind of like, like a really amber kind of colored eye, like a brownie, ambery colored eye, I suppose. Yeah. And some birds have more white on their back than others. Some morphs have a real white back, and others have a black back. That's that's kind of, that's, that's kind of about where a magpie's at. There, probably for Australians, when you think of a bird, a magpie is a classic quintessential. It it looks very bird-like. It's right in the middle of bird. <laughs> I think it's right there. And so I think you said picture a crow, right, Brad? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So, so I think. The first thing we need to establish is that there is this very big global family of birds known as magpies, and most magpies are related to crows. They're part of the corvid family, and there are about 18 or so, inverted commas, true magpies, and then there are two others, what, what are called black magpies, that are kind of more distantly related but you've got this big family of about 20 birds and they're all members of the corvid family and they're all related to crows and corvids they're a very they're a very very big family of crows and ravens and there's a whole bunch of other birds like jays and magpies they're all in the same family but the australian magpie is really poorly named it's a bit deceptive because it isn't a true inverted commas magpie what yes <laughs> Trust the Australian magpie not to be a real magpie. It's not a real magpie. It's a fake magpie, and it's only in, it's only very distantly, very distantly related to the actual family of magpies. Um, it's is is no more related to them as any other two random birds. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's got this name though because it has a superficial similarity to the common Eurasian magpie, which kind of looks like an Australian magpie. It's this black and white sort of patchwork bird and that's actually where the word pied comes from if something is pied it it can be a black and white patchwork sort of animal okay yeah yeah so that's why like um you know you have you have a whole bunch of other birds like 
in Australia, we have the pied butcher bird, we have the pied carawong, we have the magpie lark. And when you look, they're all black and white birds. And that's, if you hear the word pie relating to a bird, it's not, it's not the apple pie. It's... <laughs> Sorry, we're not going to bake them in 20 pies. No, 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 no. It's not 10 and 20 blackbirds baked no. in a pie. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's uh, pie, like um, you get pigs that are called piebald pigs and they're they're not black and white, but they're like a patchwork. They have patchwork sort of colors. So it's a, it's a zoological term that refers to something that has like a patchwork coloration. And so, yeah, the early European settlers, they saw this bird. They thought, hey, that looks like our magpie. We'll call it a magpie. And thus the name stuck. Um, <laughs> and as I said, it, it, you know, it is kind of descriptive, but that's more just happenstance. It just happens to look like the Eurasian magpie. But Magpies belong, the family that they belong to is, they're called Artemididae. 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 Oh, what fun. <laughs> it's a lovely word. It comes from Greek. It comes from Artemis, which means to be a butcherer or a murderer. <laughs> yep. So perhaps you will agree with that, Brad. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but that has nothing to do with their... Um, their nature it's um because they're another member of birds in the family the wood swallows which have a super which themselves have a superficial appearance to shrieks from europe which have a habit of spiking their prey on um like thorns and things and so the name is attached to a different bird that's in the same artemidae family and which is related to a bird that they superficially look like as well it's a whole tangle like bird names are just a tangle of mess even though as we will discuss, magpies can be murderous. So they're butchers. And, and as I said, most people outside of Australia probably won't be familiar with the family Artemidae because they pretty much all live in Australia. Um, you've got the magpies, uh, the carawongs and the butcher birds all kind of belong to that family. And so I think the magpie is probably most famous for two things. One is the singing, which we might come back to. And the other is the swooping. <laughs> It's how I know magpies. Ah, uh, yes, yes. Uh, magpies have a reputation for being a, a touch aggressive, I suppose. And I suppose this is probably why you don't like them, Brad, because you've had some run-ins. Yeah, that's right. With some magpies. Would you like to uh, tell us a story of uh, some magpie run-ins that you've had, Brad? Oh, look, I could go all evening. But <laughs> let's, let's keep it to an hour. Uh, okay. <laughs> No, look, for those unfamiliar with magpies in Australia is that they love to swoop cyclists. So with a cyclist and a helmet riding through a magpie territory, they will swoop and peck at the helmet as you're riding past, which, if you can imagine, is quite distracting. There's some good clips on YouTube of people that have videotaped magpie attacks because they don't just swoop you either. They, like, pursue you. Mm. And some of the videos are hilarious. Um <laughs> But I might I might drop a link oh, yes. to some of them uh, in the show notes. I might even feature in one or two of them. Who knows? Oh, dear God. So have you been swept on a bike, Brad? Oh, yes. Um, now, this is a question I have for you. So I mm. grew up in Adelaide, where there yes. are magpies, and I now live in Canberra. Where there are magpies. <laughs> They're everywhere. Whilst in Adelaide, I rode my bike around, never was swooped by a magpie in my life. In really? Canberra, swooped every day spring every time which i imagine it's mating season and mm. it's perhaps one of the reasons why 
I was being swooped. So I was wondering if you could tell me a bit more about why they swoop and are magpies aggressive in some areas, yet in others they are not? So I guess the question that my, my first question would be when you were riding your bike around Adelaide, were you riding all over the place or around your local area, I suppose? Yeah, it was close to the local area. So, so close to my home in the local area. And what's your bike riding behavior like in Canberra? Oh, I'm a maniac. No. <laughs> <laughs> Brushing up against cars. Like, like, when, 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 you're, like no. when you're getting swooped, I suppose, how close to home would you be? I'd still be reasonably close to home. Interesting. Because, so, magpies, they're pretty clever birds in the sense that they, it, they've done these studies and they've shown that magpies can recognize individuals and people's faces. And right. so they can take dislikings to certain people. And if those people come into their territory, they will just swoop them constantly. And the, well, the reason why magpies swoop is, um, as you said, it's around breeding season. So it's when they have their nesting, they have their eggs, they have their babies. And it's a, oh, I guess, a defensive or a protective response that they want to protect their, their nest from perceived threats. Yeah. Um, only the males swoop. So if you've ever okay. been swooped, it's always a male magpie that does the swooping. Um, it's kind of their what they do to protect the nest. And so the reason why I asked why what 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 your like cycling habits were is that if you if you have a magpie family that is nesting in places where you frequent often or where you live around, the magpies will know who you are and they'll recognize you as not being a threat. Usually when you're swooped uh, okay. by a magpie, you have, you're a stranger to that area that has kind of, that isn't there all the time. And the magpie yeah. is more likely to identify you as a, a threat if you're a stranger to them. And that's kind of why they'll swoop in the first instance. But uh, then they, right. I think there's something, there's something about bikes though. They really don't like bikes. And I think it has to do with just the speed and the really, because a bike, it has a real smooth motion, I suppose. Yeah. I think there must be something unnatural about the way a person moves when they're on a bike between the way the motion and how fast it is that really just, I think it's just, it kind of looks unnatural, I suppose. And so the magpie is more likely to go, whoa, that's a threat yeah. and go after the cyclist as opposed to someone that's walking around. I had a look at some, uh, there's some online data. There's an online database that where people can go in and... <laughs> Say I was swooped by a magpie here, and this is what I was doing. <laughs> I'll I'll put a link to it uh, in the show notes as well, and you can kind of you, you can it breaks the data down, and it shows that seventy percent of magpie swoops are at bikes, and only thirty percent are at people that are like either walking around or walking a dog or jogging or running. It's they the vast majority of people that are swooped are riding a bike. Yeah, yeah, and they go in my experience, they go for the helmet. They love yes. attacking the helmet. And I've seen people use zip ties and they sort of attach the zip ties to the helmet to make them look like spikes mm. to deter magpies swooping them. Do you think this has any effect? I think, I, like, I don't know. I think the zip tie thing, because what the magpie tries to do, and Brad, you can probably attest to this, when it swoops you, it doesn't, it re very rarely will make physical contact with you, but it will fly like right past your ear mm. sort of thing. And as it does, it, it, clicks its beak and it makes this yes. like sudden clicky noise and then it kind of goes up a thing and it kind of does that to startle you i think this idea of the spikes is to create this 
like a safe zone so it can't get as close. Okay, bit of distance. That's what I that's what I reckon the the, the theory is behind the spikes. Maybe I'll, I'll you know I'll look it up and if that is not why people are using spikes, I'll insert a an addendum in here. Nathan from the future here. Well, your past. Nathan from the past's future, but my present. Wait, what? Nathan from the future here. Ah, yes, the old zip tie strategy. Does it work? Does it deter magpies? No. No, it does not. Magpies are unfussed by zip ties. Back to Nathan from the past. Um, but I think that's why people do it. Yeah, yeah. So the magpie's still going to have an attempt with the spikes, but they might just prevent it. I give a bit of space. Yeah, I think that I think that's the idea behind it. Oh, magpies are tough, and this is why I don't like him. <laughs> when when you've been riding around, are there areas that you go where it's like I'm going to get swooped here? Oh yeah, there was one set of traffic lights in Kingston. Yeah, there was one set of traffic lights where every time I approached a magpie, I would be ready to swoop. And of course, it's when I'm crossing the intersection as well, and all these uh. cars are there having a nice little laugh. <laughs> Oh, look at this cyclist. If you got off the bike and walked it, would they swoop you? I don't know. I haven't never tried. Interesting. Interesting. And because magpies, they also do this thing where they won't swoop you if you're looking at them. Okay. Have you ever noticed that? No. It's a bit hard to make eye contact while riding. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, they, again, I'll, I'll double check this, but yeah, if you, if you, if you get swooped by a magpie, it will not if if you, if it swoops you and goes up into a tree if you keep your if you keep facing it and you just kind of like walk away facing it it usually won't come at you again but if you turn your back on it it will come at you from behind because they always come at you from behind cowards i know they they always come at you from behind and if if you if you watch i think my parents were always like just watch the magpie if you're watching it it won't get you and i think people some i think some people on their helmets draw eyes on the back of the helmet sometimes oh yeah as another like deterrent because the magpie thinks you're lo- it's being watched i'll buy those like googly eyes yeah stick them on the helmet see if that works and the other thing is that only about 10 percent of magpies will swoop people as well it's okay. a it's a small it's a small minority of magpies that are a tr- triggered by or, or, or will you know they're on threat alert that yeah. where people will trigger that threat response do they swoop other life forms? Do yes. they swoop dogs and other Oh, yeah, they pets? definitely. I think um, if Abby was here, she'd tell you that her dog frequently got swooped. Poor Ruby. Poor, Poor Ruby. Ruby. <laughs> Always got swooped by magpies. Um, they, didn't, they didn't like her. Because, well, I think what it is is that, so magpies, magpies are really, they're, they're a territorial bird. And so a pair, like a male-female pair, and sometimes they'll be like little family groups as well, but they'll set up. And they will live in this really defined territory, and they kind of won't stray too far from that territory that they set up throughout their lives. They they'll just live in that one spot, and then they'll protect that spot from like other magpies or birds that mainly other magpies that try to like muscle into that area. They they'll swoop they'll swoop other magpies like that. You yeah. you may have seen magpies chasing each other around and sort yeah. of like swooping at each other. So there's some gang wars going on. Some yeah, sometimes there are little magpie gang wars that go oh. on, and they got to protect their turf <laughs> from other magpies. And I think it's that sort of, and they'll do that all year round. But then when they have 
nests and babies, that behavior gets cranked up to 10 sort of thing. And they're much more likely to swoop other things that might not necessarily actually be a threat. They're just like, oh, this thing has entered my territory. Threat alert, threat alert. But as, as I said, like if you, if so when we grew up, we had a magpie family that lived in our yard and they would nest in our yard, but they never swooped us because they, they, they were familiar with us. They knew us. And we used to, we used to feed them as well. We'd, oh, okay. um, we'd throw them scraps and whatnot and they would, and you can make friends with magpies because they're quite smart and inquisitive. Yeah. Um, and so if you start feeding them, they'll just be like, oh, you're my buddy. And they'll come and they used to come and land in our little patio sort of area. And they would, they would sing to let us know they were there and that they were ready to be fed. <laughs> they'd come and they'd, they'd warble and you'd come out and you'd throw them some little meat scraps or whatever. And then they, they, when their babies fledge, they bring their babies to come and meet you. And they're like, these, these are my children. Please feed them as well. <laughs> <laughs> Which is really cute. And like you can, they, they can become really tame. They'll like, they'll walk right up and take the food out of your hand sort of thing. And if you really, really wanted to, you could probably get them to land on you. Yeah. Oh, speaking of food out of hands, this is another reason why I really dislike magpies. Oh, yeah? A very traumatic experience. So, I mean, you make them sound very delightful <laughs> in that picture. Yeah. But, uh, I, uh, I had a friend come from Japan. Was this in Canberra? This was in Canberra. And I thought it'd be very nice if we go down by the lake and we'll have some sandwiches and just enjoy the scenery. So I, I made some wraps and we traveled on down and pulled out the wraps and I started to, to eat and noticed a few magpies lingering around. Next minute, one flew at me just as I'm biting into my wrap, ripped it from my hands, even <laughs> even nicked my tongue. It was, wow, a, it, was getting, it was getting close. It lunged, in there. lunged very bravely and just ripped the whole thing out. And then, you know, all the filling flew everywhere. It was like tomato just flying. And uh, that was the end of lunch. <laughs> and I'm like, yep, this is Australia. <laughs> Welcome to Australia. Welcome to Australia. It's not snakes or spiders, it's birds. What did your friend think? Ah, uh, she laughed. <laughs> <laughs> and continued eating her wrap. They didn't go for her, just me. They laughed at your pain? Yeah. Did did they get the food? Did they? Did the magpies make off with it? Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, the wrap fell to pieces, and I obviously wasn't going to pick it up and eat it, so... <laughs> it was theirs now. <laughs> oh, that's, uh... That's that's particularly aggressive, but that's not. I suppose they weren't even swooping you. They were just, you have food. Mm. I'm gonna take that food. Yeah, that is really full on. I've always had really good luck with magpies. I've, in my life, I've probably only been swooped maybe a half dozen times. That's not much at all. No, <laughs> that's no. really good. No, I think I can think of like one or two occasions growing up where I was swooped, and I think since being in Canberra, I've been swooped twice both times being like in just weird locations i was doing a hike once and this magpie swooped me and then i was walking on the far side of my suburb another time and this magpie had to go at me over there but that that's yeah that i don't know why that maybe they just sense that i am their friend and yeah. they are accepting although the, when we were kids there was this one particularly funny time when my brother my younger brother got swooped when we were Again, riding our bikes. <laughs> when uh, we lived in, uh, 
at Lake Macquarie and we were riding around the other side of the lake and there was this little, uh, it was a cycle path and uh, it was, uh, I remember it was this grassy sort of field where it, right towards where the cycle path ended and Travis was riding his bike and this magpie and Travis was probably only about five or six at the time. He was quite young <laughs> and this magpie just started chasing him and Travis like cutting off and he's going across this grassy field we're like, ah, Trav, go again. This magpie <laughs> keeps like coming down at him until Trav like just falls off his bike and the magpie's like, yes, I've got him now um, <laughs> he's on the floor he's weak <laughs> he's weak he's down i have him um which was particularly funny at the time uh we again much like your friend we just laughed at trav we did not provide much help but it was very entertaining which is probably the only real aggressive magpie incident that i've even witnessed in my life i i think they're fine eh, <laughs> people talk about them swooping there i'm like oh, i never get swooped i don't know what you're talking about <laughs> One of these days, they're luring you into a false sense of security, and next minute, bam! Uh, they swooped. No. They've got no. your lunch money. No, they know me. They they <laughs> got my lunch money. Uh, look at you, kid. Uh, <laughs> uh, oh, here's a question for you, Brad. One that I'm sure you and all the listeners are, are wondering: Has a magpie ever killed anyone? Oh, good question. Now, if I say Yes, <laughs> I imagine the answer is no, because mm. they may have indirectly killed people. Mm. I'm thinking mm-hmm. cyclists who mm-hmm. are being swooped by magpies mm-hmm. do something crazy like ride into an oncoming bus. But- you, you, you are you're, you're pretty on the money. Um, oh, yeah, 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 pretty much. So there there are recorded deaths by magpie, but as as you said, they're all like in the magpie has indirectly affected the person's death, I suppose. So I think there's there's only like a real small handful of people. And one of them was, yeah, a cyclist and the magpie has swept them. They've been startled. They've fallen off the bike in a bad way and they've just subsequently died from that. There was a real... It's quite a tragic incident as well. Oh, no. There, was, Yeah, there's a very tragic incident only happened, I think, last year or the year before last where um, there was a mother with a, a, a five-month-old baby walking through a park and the magpie has swept the mother and the mother's fallen over and then the baby has subsequently um, not survived the fall oh. because of the magpie. Awful story, as you can well imagine. Like it's, it's, it's not what you want to hear, but yes, magpies have caused the occasional fatality. Yeah. Almost always by accident because I think, as, a, as, as we said, the mag occasionally the magpie will make contact with the person, but usually they just kind of swoop really close, very close to you, and they don't actually touch the person. You might get like a a flick of feather, perhaps, but that's the magpie is yeah. usually not trying to hit you; it's just trying to startle you. So maybe I should let it do its thing, not worry <laughs> about it too much. Well, you I mean you don't want to be swooped by a magpie, right? No, but I guess. There's not much I can do if it decides to take a swing. Um, I think, you know what? I think there is advice out there for what you should do. If, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll insert that in there. So a little bit of advice on what to do if you're being swooped by a magpie. Well, I've got some bad news. There isn't much you can do except to calmly exit the situation. Don't wave your hands around. Don't wave a stick around. Just leave that place as calmly and speedily as you can. Some people might recommend using an umbrella 
as a shield, as in you put the umbrella up over your shoulder and that uh, keeps the magpie from being able to get at you. But, you know, that seems like a bit much to me. And look, for the most part, swooping season only lasts a week or two. If there's a magpie, you know that be a swoopy boy. Maybe just stay away from that spot for the next week. It's that simple. You know, there is, you know, you can befriend. Well, you see, you don't want to wrong a magpie. If you wrong a magpie, it will remember you. And then it's always going to swoop you. But if you befriend the magpie, it'll also remember you. And it will go, this is my, this is my friend. No threat. So maybe you just need to befriend the magpies, Brad. Offer them the, your food. Give them your wrap. I'll, <laughs> I'll bake them some cupcakes. <laughs> Go door to door. <laughs> nest to nest. And I'll be like, this guy's cool. So I feel like either they'll take it by force or you give it to them willingly. And look. <laughs> either way, they get your food. They get your um, food. It sounds like that when you treated the magpies well in Lake Macquarie, mm. You were rewarded with some nice singing. <laughs> Do you like my segue? <laughs> that was amazing, Brad. <laughs> we were rewarded with some nice singing. It's true, Brad. In fact, let's roll some audio. What did you think of that beautiful music, Brad, that you definitely heard? <laughs> See, now that's quite nice. I must admit that it is very melodic and very peaceful. It's very Australian as well. It is. It's kind of like I think anyone from Australia will instrument from anyone I think anyone from Australia, mate. Australia. Australia. Um will instantly recognize the the the, the warble of a of a magpie. It is a quintessentially Australian a sound it is it's a it's kind of like a a gurgling oh how would you describe it like it's a well i don't know people just heard it you just heard it people (laughs) you don't need me to describe it it's great but yeah so magpies in the family are to me today but they belong to which is part of an even larger family of birds um known as songbirds you know and, and and quite rightly uh so they have as you would have heard it's it's a very complex song um and it has a large range of variation within it brad you're more musically minded than me but i understand that a magpie can cover um their song can cover up to four octaves i I don't know yeah is that is that big yeah yeah no that sounds possible okay okay in in there yeah yeah i've never really i've never heard this myself but there are some magpies that have been reported to um they can mimic the songs of other species the sounds of nature and even human speech. I've never come across oh. this myself. I don't know if you've ever noticed a magpie that kind of sounds a bit weird. <laughs> no, I personally, no, I haven't no. come across this as well. No, I might try to see if I can find any clips and if I can, I'll insert them here. Nathan from the future here. And now I present the sound of a magpie mimicking an emergency vehicle.
It's uncanny. Now back to Nathan from the past. Wonderful. Inserting clip. Maybe maybe they're there, maybe they're not. <laughs> but I think what what that what that kind of shows though is that because there is this variation between one how one magpie will sing compared to how another magpie will sing that it, what this shows is that it's something that is a learnt behaviour as something that they're innately born with. And so the magpies will spend a lot of time learning their songs from their parents and other magpies and then they'll practice and experiment with how they sound. Um, which is again a sign of their intelligence, I suppose, that and so they use their song for a variety of reasons. A solo bird will and this is kind of like the practicing, like if there's a magpie, and I've I've seen this, you'll get like a magpie that's just chilling out by itself and it will just quietly singing yep. to itself. And this is, have you ever seen a magpie do this? Take that as a no. I've definitely, <laughs> <laughs> I've never thought of magpies going solo. <laughs> I always thought of them in a, as in a band, but you know, looks like they can try and make it on their own. Uh, well, sometimes, yeah, sometimes if you see one that's just hanging out by itself, um, it's just wandering around, sometimes they'll just, they, they, they do, they, they, they sing that warbling sort of song, but they do it very quietly, almost like they're just singing to themselves. Okay. Like me in the shower. Yeah. It's, and that's part of their, well, I'm practicing the song. I'm rehearsing the song. I'm kind of like listening to it. I'm experimenting. That's when they're just, when they're doing their, their practice run. And then a pair of magpies will kind of, when they're together, they'll do this back and forth kind of, uh, they call it, that's called caroling, where they'll sing, they'll do that warbling and there'll be multiple magpies doing it. Yeah. And a large part of that is, um, you remember I said that uh, the magpies are territorial? Yeah. Yeah, they use, that's, they use their warble as a way to mark out and defend their territory, if that makes sense. It's kind of like... If you're another magpie and you can hear this song, you're in my territory, essentially. All right. And a lot of birds do this. A lot of bird song is territorial. And so a lot of a lot of songbirds that have these like really sweet melodic songs use it as a way that how they, they're marking out and defending their territory from other birds of um, usually their same species. Uh, the kookaburra is another famous Australian bird. Then that, that kookaburra... That laughter, that distinctive laughter that they have, that is a territorial thing. That they're using it for the same reason. This is them marking out their territory from other kookaburras. All right. So it's like an audio gang sign. Yeah, that's it. That's it. it. That's it. It's like it's instead of like tagging a wall with the spray paint, they're, they're out there singing. <laughs> like mag-eyed peas are here. <laughs> Wait, yeah. mag-eyed pied? <laughs> Mad-eyed pied? Well done, Brad. Yeah, so it's um, generally it's a territorial sort of thing um, is usually what it's for. But, you know, I'm sure there are other reasons why they sing. Maybe they just like the sound of it. Who who can say? It, it might have some function in how they select mates as well, perhaps, is usually the other reason why birds tend to sing as well. They set themselves up as like being, you know, a bird with a particularly nice sound or song will attract a mate that way. And that's kind of how the behavior is selectively bred over generations as well. That's not 100% sure about that. That's definitely territorial, but it might also be a mating thing too. And there's this other uh, really odd behavior that magpies have that's worth kind of touching on, even though it's very rare, and I think it's only ever been caught on film once. Um, so I'll, 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 try, I'll try to track it down and, and throw a link in here. But some people report that magpies have their own judicial system. <laughs> oh 
please go on. <laughs> they call it a magpie court. And what happens, and I have seen the footage of this, is that a group of magpies will kind of like form a ring around <laughs> one magpie and they will take turns like pecking it. Oh. <laughs> to death? Not to death, no. They kind of all kind of like, they take turns stepping in and pecking pecking this magpie that's like in the center of this thing and then they'll just all just fly away and just leave this bird being like oh my god i i have been chastised oh wow what does the magpie have to do to be pecked like that well i I don't know like people call it this magpie court uh i'm dubious as to if it is the magpies being like oh this one magpie has transgressed us and we must punish it (laughs) but it's called magpie court I, I'm I'm not 100% sure, and I don't think anyone's really 100% sure why it is. It's only been recorded a few times, and it's only been caught on film as far as I know once. It's very, very rare. It only happens very occasionally. Okay, I'm going to level with you. I don't know where I saw the footage of Magpie Court, but I cannot find it now. I swear it's out there. I swear it's a thing. I just don't know where the footage is. But I have included in the show notes a link to a paper that discusses the phenomenon, so that'll just have to do for now. Back to Nathan from the past. All right. Well, look. I think we've we've covered the main. I think we've covered the main points about the uh, the magpie. How 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 would you rate a magpie now, Brad? Yeah. Has it has it, has the dial shifted? Look, Nathan, you haven't shifted. Damn <laughs> no, it! It hasn't. <laughs> They they're still on the two. They get that they do have that lovely melodic song that they carry with them. But at the end of the day, they're just gonna swoop and cause trouble. They're troublemakers. I don't know if I want to try and you know sucker up to them and oh let's be friends, Magpie. <laughs> don't hurt me. Oh, I used to like yeah. feeding our our, our our Magpie family. It was uh... eventually our dad got jack of them because they used to hang around on the patio the entire time. They used to poop on it, and then he was like, "This is <laughs> yeah. not on anymore. You cannot feed them here. If they're going to be fed, that it has to happen on the grass, and they will not be fed unless they're on the grass." And then he just kiboshed it, and then they stopped coming. Ah, you know, it was probably for the best. Feeding wild birds is a whole other kettle of fish that is probably an episode for another time. So as mentioned, feeding wild birds is a bit of a hot-button issue, but it can be done if you go about it the right way. If you do want to feed a magpie, the best thing to give them is mealworms. That closely mimics what they would eat normally and is healthy for them. So if you do want to feed a magpie, throw it a mealworm. Back to Nathan from the past. Brad, thanks for, for podcasting with me. Brad? 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 We've lost Brad, everyone. There will be, once again, as is tradition with uh, Bird of the Week, there will be no sign-off from the guest. He has just dropped out, and that is that. So, let me finish it myself, I guess. Well, uh, we'll let, let's leave it there, and I'll hand it back over to Nathan from the future. So, that was everything about the Australian magpie. Or at least, everything I know about the Australian magpie. There are probably some bits missing. Either way, I hope you enjoyed it. Next time, we are going to do a slightly different episode. I'm going to take you on a jaunt down to the Murray-Darling Basin to learn all about the water bird breeding bonanza that's been going on down there. Just, what is the Murray-Darling Basin, I hear you say? Well, it's a big old water catchment area, and, in a shock twist, 
there are a lot of birds that live there. So join me next time and we'll find out more. And if you still want some more bird action, then I have some good news. Our bonus podcast called What's Up With That Bird's Name has just come out. And this time it's all about a hummingbird with one ridiculous name, the Jamaican mango. Why is this hummingbird named after a piece of fruit? Well, for the low, low price of just $2 a month, you can find out all about it. All you need to do is swing on over to Patreon forward slash Bird of the Week, all one word, link in the description to find out more. And if you're feeling especially generous and want to make a larger contribution, then you too can get a special thank you from me in the show, just like my good friends Jill Chalker, Jody Little, Debbie Hode, Innes of Cine Illustrations, and Richard Clark, the Minty Fresh. And as always, if you'd like to receive a bird in your inbox each week, then drop me a line at weekly.bird at outlook.com, and I'll add you to the mailing list where you will get a new bird lovingly delivered to you for free each and every week. And I mean, hey, who doesn't want more birds in their inbox? At any rate, thank you for listening, and I hope you'll tune in again next time. Until then, this has been Bird of the Week. Brad, do you think you could describe what a magpie looks like? Do you want a photo? <laughs> um, from memory, they are a bird. They, they're shaped like a very... <laughs> like a bird. <laughs> How do, I mean, you wouldn't say like it has tall legs like a flamingo. Yeah, just as, it's your average like bird in the sky. Flying around the neighborhood.